Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mason Rudolph in the gun. He empties the set. Pass over the middle. is caught by Pickens. He's on his way. He's at the 40, the 50, the 45, the 40. Here comes George Pickens all the way for a Pittsburgh Steelers touchdown. 86 yards. Back is Rudolph. He has time. He throws it long down the field. George Pickens is open. Does he do the toe dance? They say yes. Yes. Wow. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Bengals bring the blitz. Touch pattern down the left sideline. And it's dragged. There goes George Pickens to the 10 to 5. Touchdown. He beat corner a woozy badly. And I'll tell you what. Mason Rudolph laid it in there perfectly. Oh, tell me we don't want to just wash, rinse, and repeat, Wesley. Wash, rinse, and repeat. That's beautiful. That's energetic. That's coming out of the blocks. Just sprinting like crazy, baby. All the way to Seattle. Wash, rinse, and repeat. Absolutely. Let's see if this uh, this show can travel out west there, Wolf, in a, <laughs> in, a, in a hostile environment across country, another desperate team in the Seahawks. This is uh this is what you get juiced up about, man. I'm excited. I'm ready to I'm ready to fly out early tomorrow morning and uh oh yeah that's right and plant our flag out there on the west coast. That's right. Wait, uh, don't show up at the normal time. Okay. Yes, Wolf, safety Wolf, tip. Wolf, not, do not show up at the normal time tomorrow. You, okay. It wouldn't be that you beat everybody there and oh wow I'm here early. <laughs> no, you'd be rather late. In fact, you know I I think about Billy. Billy did a game. I think it was at Boston College, um, and he got. He had to be in Seattle the next day, you know, and so he does a game, and, and it's somewhere on the East Coast, but I somehow Boston College sticks in my grin. So anyhow, so one guy's a fan, so he gives him a police escort to the airport so that Billy can get on, catch his flight. He catches the flight, flies all the way out to Seattle the night before the game. He, he arrives. I don't know how yeah. he does that. I mean, remember last year he was in Louisville. For, uh, Pitt was playing Louisville, right? And then Sunday the Steelers were in Miami, so he went on Sunday morning from Louisville to Miami after calling a game the day before to call a game that night. And you know, I don't want to throw Billy's age out there, but he's not young anymore. Well, he, no, he's he's a little, sp- he's still spry. For- it's impressive, without a doubt. It <laughs> he is. is impressive, no doubt about it. But Wes, yeah, you know the thing about it, and here's here's one of the things that a lot of people. Want- when you go and you play on the West Coast, it's kind of goofy. It goofs you up because of the fact, you know, you stay, you got to stay up later because you don't want to be up at like three in the morning or four right. in the morning. Wide awake. Wide awake. It just, oh, stinkos, you know. The coffee shops aren't oh, even open at, no, open at that point yeah, yet. <laughs> they don't even have the, the, what's that fancy coffee? 
Um, you know, Starbucks. Starbucks, yeah. Or as Touch used to call it, ten bucks, because everything costs ten bucks. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> Touch Chaluch, I miss him so much. Ten bucks. Oh. You know, I, I think I think back to this, some of the Seattle trips. No, that just brought to mind. Well, sure, because you guys used to go out there all the time. I mean, yeah. they used to be an AFC foe. Right. So I've been to the last the time the Steelers, Seattle, the last time the Steelers won in Seattle, you and Tunch were on the offensive Absolutely. line. Yeah. Oh, you weren't yeah, there, you weren't there right. calling games. Jadzooks. You were there on the offensive line. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah, in Seattle, 1983 was the last time the Steelers won out there. Great googly moogly. Mm-hmm. And you know what? An uh, interesting fact for you, too. So if you take out the Super Bowl, right, which is the one time the Steelers and the Seahawks have met in the postseason. Right. If you just go regular season games – the, the the history of this rivalry is like the the one team never beats the other twice in a row in the regular season, if that huh. makes sense. It's yes. almost alternated every single time, with the exception of the Steelers won two in a row, but it was the Super Bowl was the was the second, second one, one, if that right. makes sense. Um so it's it's been I mean, these teams have played twenty times, it's ten and ten, split down the split okay, down the middle. So let's pretend it's the Super Bowl. That's the key. That's right. That's what we got to do. Where's Jerome Bettis when you need him? That's right. Bussy, just get on board. Let's go back to Seattle. <laughs> you know, just get on there, and we'll we'll pretend it's the Super Bowl, and we just happen to be in Lumen Field That's in right. Seattle. That's right. We'll pretend it's Detroit somehow, right? But oh, yeah. yeah. I... Well, but at least we can get great sushi out there. Oh, Tunch and I, one time when, when you, we were in you, our broadcasting. You're telling me. Oh, man. We went to somewhere that, that had sushi, and it was to die for. So you'll laugh. I... I've been to Seattle one time before. It was in 2016. Uh, my wife and I went. Uh, we did Seattle and Vancouver, like a like a nine ten day. We Ooh. did like four or five days in Seattle, and then went took a train up to Vancouver and stayed there for four days. It was beautiful. It was amazing. Only time in my life I've ever been to the Pacific Northwest. Did you see the Canadian Rockies? Sure so, did. Oh wow! It was fantastic. We went to Stanley Park when we were in Vancouver, which is like Wolf. It's like Central Park in New York City. If it was the cleanest park you've ever seen in your life no kid right so central park is amazing is that where stanley cup comes from that is where stanley cup comes from it (laughs) certainly is you're absolutely right um named after lord stanley there in vancouver and it is i'm a genius and i didn't even know it was again central park in new york is beautiful but it still has some elements of like okay you're in the city and some of this stuff is beat down and there's some trash and there's you know oh yeah stanley park in vancouver is like man it is straight out of a storybook it's incredible wow um but yes we had the best sushi i've ever had in my life when we were out there and so i'm i'm already excited for some sushi for some japanese food for some seafood you already got it dialed up baby oh buddy you know it i'm i've got two friends from pittsburgh who live in seattle now kevin and steph uh they're taking me out to dinner saturday night good for you so i'm i'm fired up oh yeah I think I did picking up the tab. That's be- even more they, so. They better. <laughs> then maybe I should pick up the tab. I don't know how that works. I don't know. We'll just, go Dutch. You know, we'll go Dutch. Yeah, you go. We, got, we go Dutch. And, you know, so what. But, all right. Now, I, I'm just loving this because, you know, I've been watching game film like crazy over the last couple of days. And uh, I, I look at these guys. These guys are eminently beatable. I, I There's no doubt in my mind. This is a good team. I mean, you know, I don't want to put up any falsehoods there. Sure. But this is a team that, that can be beaten, and I think that they can be run on. And when you watch some of the matchups that are occurring, I think there's some really good things that could go on out there. I'm wondering about Jamal Adams, what his status he's is. He's questionable. They know yep. he's questionable. They've got three they, of their them. Whole, Wolf, their whole team feels like it's questionable. 
They got 22 people on the injury it's insane. report. It's a, it's it's same church to, to use a Mike Pursuta-ism. Okay. It's same church, different pew of what we're dealing with here in Pittsburgh. Because here in Pittsburgh, it feels like two position groups have been decimated. Like, you've lost your top right. three off-ball linebackers, your top three safeties, injury and suspension. And at least for this week, like, they ain't coming back. There's no – Minka is maybe up in the air. But you get what I'm saying? Like, a right, lot of those right. guys are ruled out. Trenton Thompson may be Trenton up. Thompson oh, yes. sounds like he's coming back. I'm excited. For Seattle, they don't necessarily have the litany of guys already ruled out, already on IR like Pittsburgh, but it feels like half of their team is questionable to play. They got 22 people listed on the injury And report. all over the offense and all over the defense, too. Absolutely. So it's kind of a pick your poison. Like, the Steelers have been decimated at two positions. The Seahawks have kind of had the popcorn, as Mike Tomlin would say, all right. over the lineup. It's... It's two teams that are trying to, to piece it together and figure it out here for sure. Well, it's going to be interesting because I, I'll, I'll tell you right now, I think, um, you know, the the strength of their team is Bobby Wagner. Mm-hmm. But Bobby doesn't have the range that he used to. No, he's I'm still good, him. but, I mean, he was, well, just he was him. phenomenal yeah. for so long. You know, but he's still able to make plays. He's still got, uh, I don't know, over 100 tackles or something. I mean, the guy's a tackling machine. But the guys, Julian Love and – Quadre Diggs mm-hmm. are pretty good safeties. They're, I they're got a sec- lot of their secondary wolf. I mean, it might be the best in the NFL. Could well be. Like, Could well be. They, I mean, and Jamal Adams. We're talking. Just think if they had Jamal Adams. I mean, you got a threesome there of guys that are so hitterific. Hundred percent. I mean, they're they're physical on defense. The, the one area where you can get at them, like you said, is in the run game. Um, I think they're like twenty seventh in in yards per game allowed on the ground. Um, but, man, they are opportunistic. I'm trying to th- – I mean, there are some similarities to the Steelers' defense in that regard. You know, at times True. the Steelers' defense has hemorrhaged more yards than we would like. Right, right. But they've been able to, in those moments, rise up to be able to bend but not break in the red zone, to be able to force timely turnovers. It's it's kind of similar with Seattle. There's some statistical things that you can look at and think, okay, we could take advantage of, like you said, like the run game. But you also better be careful – because they are one of these opportunistic defenses as well, too, that, that likes to take the ball away. I believe they're seventh in the NFL in takeaways they're, on defense. They're really high up there. They're, they're a plus three and we're they, a plus ten. They've got some ball hawks in that secondary. Uh, Woolen, Witherspoon, Adams. Uh, I mean, they're, they're, they've got a talented group on the back end, so you better be buttoned up in that regard. I would say so, absolutely. What's interesting to me also – they have accumu- accumulated the most penalty yardage in the league. They have. I mean, get Zooks. What are you doing? Not very disciplined there. No. Under Pete Carroll, what's going huh? on there, Pete Carroll? Yeah, I that one was. You know, it's funny. I saw that in our in our stat packet yesterday, and that surprised me because if you would have just, I mean, a guy like Pete Carroll who's done it at such a high level for as long as he has, you would not think that that was an area where they were struggling. Yeah, but, but that's but they are that's the big. they average the most penalty yards against you know called on them per game in the end I think close to seventy yards per game in penalties. That's They're a big, averaging. That's a, that's a big number. That is a, a big number. That's a big number. You you know you take seven games. I mean, I mean that's a couple holding calls every game. That's yeah. a, you know a pass interference or two in there as well. That's <laughs> some procedural stuff. So it'll be interesting to see what we got out there because the thing that I I, I think most um, I'm hoping that we're able to you know come out and be able to roll some chains on on first downs and be able to quiet the storm that's going to wait because lumen field is so loud oh i mean it's unbelievable and you know what too wolf i was thinking about this yesterday yes i, I gotta think how i want to set this up wow wait a minute we gotta have a moment here we're going 
No, we let's, honestly, out? we could just be point blank. We could. We, let's just we let's take a timeout and let's let's let Wes think. Okay. This is going to be rare for the Steelers this season. Wolf, they've played in one hostile environment on the road all year, and it was Cleveland. That's it. Every other game, it's been at least 50%, 60% Steelers fans on the road. You know, that's, that's interesting. Thought. One hostile environment. Cleveland, all season. This is going to be number two. This, yes, yes. I could. I would say, by the way, did you like, see Joe you went Flacco to, last night? Oh, oh my goodness. My. Oh, my goodness. Get Joe out Flacco. of town but Wolf, You went to Las Vegas. It was 60%, right. 70% Steelers fans. Right. You went to Houston. It was 60%, 70% Steelers right. fans. You went to L.A., 60%, 70% Steelers fans. Okay, Cleveland, That, that we talked about. I mean, they were that stadium was 50% full 70 minutes before the game. They, oh, were, yeah. they were ready to go. Yeah. At Cincinnati the following week. A little bit, but that was their first week without Joe Burrow, and it just felt like that crowd was kind of right. doom and gloom. Indianapolis, 50% Steelers fans. Absolutely. I There's mean, no question about it. This is going to be an environment that you haven't really stepped into many times yet this year. This is going to be as hostile as you can you can possibly imagine. I'm jacked up I mean, about yeah, it. Yeah, you know, I, I well, the opportunity to be able to face such mm-hmm. adversity. There was nothing, and I can tell you this from, from personal experience, there was nothing – better than going into what you know was going to be this completely hostile everybody hates on and you shut them up and shut them up one of the things that i used to love was going into the houston astrodome which the astrodome was so terrible i mean that was a you that play was, in that era of silver dome and king oh, dome yeah, and yeah. astrodome well we as we referred to it, the astrodome because it was really a dump <laughs> most of I mean, those places about, were think about it. they they had like uh, rodeos in there mm-hmm. you know they got they got uh, cows coming along so you know? you're getting you're getting tackled and well i mean i know you're not getting tackled but you're in the you're in the the turf there and there's tobacco spit oh, from the, there's all from kinds, the rodeo yeah. last week absolutely i mean one time, one time we're playing, and you got to remember that was also where the Astros were at. So the Astros are there. Uh, so they they didn't cover the uh, first, sure, second, sure. third base slide boxes, mm-hmm. pitcher's mound. You know mm-hmm. they take the mound out, but you know the stuff like that. So it seemed like every time in the first half that I fell down, I fell in on, on the, dirt. And dirt. <laughs> now I'm sweating a ton, right? And I'm on dirt, and I'm I'm muddy. At halftime, I'm going up the ramp into the locker room. Chuck Knoll is walking next to me. He turns to me. and He goes. Oh, I thought we were playing indoors. <laughs> I'm like going, <laughs> you know, thanks, thanks, I'm covered in mud, you know? I mean, come on. That's no fun. That's no fun. Fortunately, those multi-purpose arenas are a thing of the past. But exactly. Yeah, I, I don't think you wanted to fall and, uh, you know, pretend like you were sliding to home plate there. That that, that would not be very, be no, very that, enjoyable. No, you could, yeah, <laughs> there, was, there was some questionable stuff there. Oh, you know? man. I mean, and that's how all those stadiums, you know, the Oakland Coliseum, Three River Stadium. Absolutely. The Vet out in Philadelphia. I mean, those old... Oh, multi-purpose the, that, that concrete, had no crown to it concrete jungle stadiums concrete donuts yeah that was a mess cool no. i mean the way those places used to rock was pretty cool yeah because yeah. you you didn't get the corporate wine and cheese crowds at those venues you got people who were there to watch football absolutely you know what I mean? absolutely you know i mean same thing in minnesota when they had the uh the silver, silver dump. dump yep no no the silver dump silver dump yeah. oh wait was that detroit no that was minnesota that was minnesota, that was minnesota yeah. i think what right. was in the, no Silver Dome was that? In, what was it in Minnesota? Because no, Silver Dome was Detroit. 
Okay. Pontiac, Michigan. Yes, oh, yes. Okay, there we go. So, so that Vikings was a, old stadium yes. was the Metro Dome. Oh, the Metro Dome. Everything's That's something right. dome. Yeah, I know, but it's a dump. Kingdom, yeah. Metro Dome. The Silver Dump. Astro the Metro Dome. dome. That the was metro a real dump, dome. too. You know, the funny part was. The ceiling like, collapsed at one I, point. Yeah, it did. And, I mean, it was extraordinary to watch that thing go down. But anyhow, one of the first things I did when I, I remember going to uh, Minnesota after I'd gone to Minnesota to play, you know, I'd finished my 10 years here and I sure. just finished it out there. I walk in and I, I walked into the visiting locker room on the, so on the, you, on the game. Yeah. I just forgot, you know, I just oh, walk in the Wait locker room. Wait a second. Room. I'm in the Saints locker I'm room. I'm on the purple side yeah, of I'm things like going, now. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm sitting there. The, all these the guys wrong, are looking at me. the wrong going, black and gold, guys. Oh, yeah. What I'm, are we doing? Uh, yeah, I, okay. So I needed to leave. <laughs> I did an about face. Okay, we're out of here. That sounds about on brand. I hate how that happened. That just that just was that was a bummer. You know, the, I, I'll tell you this, Wes. My very first game with the Vikings, which was the Saints, and, and I'm sitting there in the locker room and I'm looking at my my Vikings helmet mm-hmm. and the jersey and everything, and I'm going, "What am I doing here? This this is this I'm, doesn't hit the same." Huh? I'm just I'm just sitting there going, "What did I do? How how did I end up?" I can't, what am I, why do I wear, oh, you know, I almost, I almost retired on the spot. This ain't the black and gold. Oh, man, let me tell you something. You sit there and you just go, great googly moogly, what is going on with you? Oh, but I can tell you. the depression set in. Yes, and Bill Murray. Oh, man. Nobody did Bill Murray like Mike Webster. He would pull that out in the huddle. He said, there, uh, I, we, we can't do this. We can't do this. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Oh, he was unbelievable. The Cinderella boy. Cinderella boy. Here he is on the ninth round. And he takes out a nine iron. It's Boy, in the hole. The Cinderella boy. <laughs> oh, he was something. Oh, I miss Michael. I miss Chalooch. Wow. All right, but I don't miss what's coming up next, right? Oh, I see what you're doing there. I, well, I was trying to get around to Play it. on words. Well, you know, just a little. You know? Don't miss Missy. Missy. Yes, we can't miss Missy because she's up next in the locker room. Stay tuned. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, if she were a boxer, this would be lousy walkout music. But because she's not, (laughs) she's the great Missy Matthews who we love having in the locker room here. We welcome you, Missy, again, to come out here and tell us some important stuff about this week's game. We're so glad to have you. Thank you for joining us. You got it. My pleasure to be with you guys today. Now, you understand if this was boxing, this wouldn't have worked. You know what I mean? If you come out in a fighter's right. room and everything. No, hold on. I mean, just, come on. It's not bad. No, it's it, it's just too, like too slow moving, you know? Well, it is a long walk sometimes <laughs> from the tunnel to the ring for these guys. Let me tell you, as a guy who has walked that walk and gotten into the ring a couple of times, sometimes stupidly <laughs> so, you know, it's a lot of fun. But there's, you know, the thing about it is, you notice there's a lot of crazies around you. You know, there's, uh, you know, particularly with you, yeah. I oh, feel you and, attract and, uh, the crazies. Yeah, well, unfortunately. Okay, so regardless of that, <laughs> we're moving along from that. But Missy, this could be a crazy house in Seattle with Lumen Field, noted as one of the loudest plays places to play in the NFL. 
Yeah, I, this is one of those stadiums that I haven't been to yet. Um, obviously, the Steelers don't play out there very often, but I'm excited to experience it. I'm hoping that it's a positive experience, um, <laughs> but it just seems like this, you know, it's so notorious for how loud the 12th man, uh, what they do, it's crazy. So, um, and it's two teams that are going to be fighting for their playoff chances. I understand, you know, the Seahawks have a way higher percentage just going into this game. Um, but a win still helps them. And same with the Steelers. We know what they have to do if they want to keep chugging along here. And I think, you know, after watching the Browns game last night, I'm like, all right, let's go. Let's, you know, let, let's go to the playoffs. Yeah, I, I completely agree, Missy. And, you know, as you kind of laid out there, these last two games paramount. Yes, there's always some mathematical way that the Steelers could lose one of these games and still make the postseason and, and that type of thing. But, the easiest way to give yourself a best chance, obviously, is is to win these next two on the road. And it sounds like Mason Rudolph is going to be that guy to get the opportunity once again. I know Kenny was limited in practice yesterday. A- any any chance in your mind you think that it's not Mason under center when we get going Sunday out there in Seattle? No, I think it's tracking and, you know, trending the same way, I guess I should say, um, as last week where Kenny's still able to do stuff. I know he spoke this week, um, and it sounds like he wants to play. It's just, is he medically cleared? Um, Do they feel like he has all the mobility and the different things that they would want? But I think with what Mason was able to do last week um, against the Bengals and giving him another week of preparation, why would you not go with him at this point if it's, you know, even a few percent chance that Kenny's not a hundred percent. And maybe it's something different this week where Kenny's the backup and maybe it's not Mitch. I don't know if that's going to happen, but um, I think you go with Mason in this one for sure. You know, the interesting thing to me is that, uh, you know, with Kenny, there's, I've been around certain athletes like Bradshaw and those guys. Sometimes you got to save them from themselves. You know, they're, they're such right. tough competitors. You got to take the ball out of their hands. You got to say, no, you're sitting down. I can remember, oh, late in my career, um, I was had shoulder issues. And uh, I remember Chuck Knoll for the first time came and said to me, no, you're going to sit this one out. Because I grew up in an atmosphere. Everybody was all about, well, you know, you, you just – you know, uh, spit on it and rub some dirt on it and you're fine, you know, <laughs> but yeah. it's, it's different now. Now coaches and, and the trainers, they make that decision for you. And I think it's, I, right. it's really a good thing, especially with Kenny. Yeah. And what did Mason Rudolph not show you last week at, you know, the regular season finale at home that would not give you hope that the offense can continue to chug along and four touchdowns, um, you know, Field goals by Boz, obviously those have been pretty automatic this year and we're used to that, but it was just an electric performance by that offense where, you know, not that every game's not fun, but there was just some extra juice in it. And it didn't even matter that it was the Bengals and you love beating AFC North opponents, but that stadium was just rocking. It was so great to see them um, just do what they did. I think, you know, especially as coach always says with like, the, you make big plays, there's a less chance of poor execution because there's less plays. And I think we saw that right out of the gate. Um, you know, the first pass goes to George Pickens <laughs> and it goes for a touchdown. So I, I'm sure Seattle is going to have a plan for George Pickens, just as the Bengals had a plan for Pat Fryermuth. But, you know, 
Mason Rudolph, the last time he started in 2021, the only guys on the offense that were here were Deontay, Fryermuth, and Najee. Hmm. And he has a great rapport with Deontay. We saw that even going back to 2019. That was Deontay's rookie season. Ben gets hurt the second game. I mean, he barely played with Ben um, his rookie year, and it was all Mason and Duck. So hopefully he gets more involved, and I think – Obviously, in an atmosphere like that and a team like that, if you can run the ball effectively, that's going to be huge as well. Yeah, Missy, sticking with that, uh, it was obvious. I mean, you couldn't have scripted a better start for the Steelers last weekend against the Bengals, right? And you felt that energy from the offense. I know you were down there on the sideline. I mean, it it was just palpable. All 11 guys on that field kind of losing their minds and, and sprinting down the field to celebrate with GP and then... You had the crowd in it right away. You had Cincinnati playing from behind right away. You were off and running. That start feels important again. Hey, I'm not saying you're going to get an 86-yard touchdown on your second play from scrimmage, but it feels like the first drive or two is very important for the Steelers' offense in a hostile environment to keep that momentum going. And we all know the Seattle defense struggles against the run, too. If you're able to build a lead early, then all of a sudden you can be more patient. You can work the ball on the ground. You can try and wear down that Seattle defense a little bit from the get-go. It feels to me, much like last week, the first you know, 10, 15 minutes of this one are pretty important. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, when you just look at, you know, like the scoring drives from last week, the Steelers went touchdown, touchdown, punt, touchdown, field goal in the first half. <laughs> I'll take that I again. Mean, <laughs> I, uh, right. Absolutely. I mean, it's just crazy. And then when you look at the Bengals, punt, interception, punt, interception, turnover, undowns. I mean, it just makes such a huge difference, I think, for everybody and also for a defense that is dealing with a number of injuries. And for whatever reason, the injury bug continues to bite this team. Um, on that side of the ball. So the more they're off the field getting a chance to rest, I think the better as well. So it's it's a win-win for everybody um, on the Steelers. And I think it was just almost that confidence came back, that swagger that we kind of saw in the preseason. You really saw it from that group again. And I hope it can continue and carry on. And we're talking about four touchdowns uh, against the Seahawks again as they get ready to go to Baltimore. You know, the funny thing is, I, I wish we had kind of saved that 86-yarder for Seattle. Wouldn't you love to punch <laughs> Lumen Field in the mouth with that 86-yarder right out of the Hey, get-go? lightning can strike twice, all right? Well, if you're a Wolfley. That's a, you <laughs> would know. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's a whole other story, so we'll just leave that one go. But regardless, I, w- I will tell you, you know, I mean, thinking about Lumen Field, Wes brought up a great point. Wes, w- what was the, yeah. the thing about the, the Browns and, and Lumen Field? Really, the only two absolute hostile fields that the Steelers are going to face. Yeah, Missy, I was, you know, I was looking at the Steelers road trips to this point so far this season in Las Vegas, 50, 60% Steelers fans in Houston, 50, mm-hmm. 60% Steelers fans, LA 50, 60% black and gold on the road in Cleveland was a hostile environment. I mean, that place was juiced an hour before the game. They were ready to go. But then the next week in Cincinnati, that was their first game post Joe Burrow being out for the season. It felt like there was just a doom and gloom hanging over the franchise at that point. And then in Indy Mm -hmm. last week, I thought it was 40, 50% Steelers fans. This is going to be an environment, I think, other than Cleveland, that you know the Steelers haven't really – they've been fortunate they haven't had to step into one like this very often this year. No, and, you know, from a communication standpoint, especially for the Steelers offense, Mason Rudolph talked about the crowd noise and all the different things that they're working on this week because you just know. Um, I agree with Indy, but I think once they started really taking the game away and it felt so far out of reach for the Steelers, man, that crowd, that crowd got 
they were rocking and uh, they were rowdy as well. And it's an indoor place. Obviously, you know, that, that plays into it too, but that's what you don't want to happen um, on Sunday in Seattle. And it's just, you know, I think one of those things where the Seahawks are starting to play their good football as they get closer and closer to the postseason. I think their last two games, obviously the game winning drives and the, the last minute of regulation by two <laughs> different quarterbacks, but zero turnovers in those last two games. And that's where, you know, I think the Steelers defense can definitely make a difference, whether it is punching the ball out interceptions, like we saw last week, they're going to need some of that stuff, I think, to make Geno Smith and company um, uncomfortable. And Geno Smith is 0-2 against the Steelers Ooh. so far in his career. Oh, I like that. Good idea. stat pull there yeah, by Messi. that is excellent. Okay, one of the notes I made, which I, I'm very interested in, of course, the, the matchup of DK Metcalf and, and uh, Joey Porter Jr. Wow. I'm sitting there. I, I read this morning. Joey says, I've had this circled since the schedule came out. You know, I mean, there's, I I love the young man's desire to step up without any braggadocio, none of that, just he's stepping up to a challenge and he's, he's recognizing the challenge. And I love that about him because there's a certain amount of fierce intensity and humility in the way he speaks. And I like that blend and, and I'm looking forward to it. I made a note because I'm watching film yesterday and DK Metcalf takes the Titan corner and, and the guy's playing press coverage, you know, and he slams the guy, slammed the guy. I mean, grabbed him <laughs> and slammed him, ragdolled him. And I'm like going, get Zooks, man. That is physicality. JP's got to buckle up. This is going to be a, quite a matchup. I mean, he is a large human being who's also extremely fast. You know, it's that yes. rare combination, and it is, it's going to take a lot to get him to the ground and to try to do what we've seen Joey do um, since he became the starter. I love um, – obviously, we were all at the game, so we didn't see or hear it. But when Sunday Night Football, you know, the intros, it became a thing where it was just, you know, your name, where you went to college. And then I always remember Ike Taylor, the swagging you. Swag- well, yeah. I had read yeah. that. Last week, Joey said, Joey Porter Jr., King of the North. Um, And I just love that he just kind of has that mentality already about the AFC North. But, you know, we're going to the Pacific Northwest, so maybe we can count that as North, too. I don't know. Um, It works for me. But I'm also excited about that matchup. I just think, you know, this is a different challenge. Each wide receiver that he's been with, um, throughout the time that he started has been different and unique in different ways, but I just think DK is kind of in his own realm because of just how he's built and how he plays. Yeah, Missy, he looks like, I don't know if your sons play Madden or if they're into video games yet, but he looks like the wide receivers that I used to create in Madden when I was <laughs> yeah. a kid. You know, yes. make, give them super strength, but still make them fast as a deer, right? That's that's uh, that's right. about the, the DK Metcalf story. He's, <laughs> he's certainly unique. Uh, in terms of slowing him down, Missy, it, it obviously a lot of that is going to be on on JPJ, but we know it's going to be a collective effort, and we know the Steelers have have been shorthanded in the secondary as of late. I mean, these are two teams that are both dealing with a litany of of different injury issues. But from the Steelers' standpoint, any good news? I mean, we know you've been kind of decimated at off-ball linebacker. You you've had the same thing at safety as well too, with some suspensions in there. Any good news? Any reinforcements you think maybe coming the defense's way on Sunday? Well, I mean, I thought the fact that Trenton Thompson moved in the right direction um, yesterday, that was a positive step. That's a body. That's a guy with experience. 
in this system as well. Um, I, I think, you know, the Landon Roberts thing, I just did not think that that position could continue to get depleted. Cool. I really did not. And I think that one's going to hurt. But how cool was it of Miles Jack to unretire, come to Pittsburgh, um, <laughs> go into that game on Saturday thinking, all right, I'm going to play a few snaps here. I'm just going to spell the guys out. And then all of a sudden they're like, nope, here's the green dot, buddy. Go out there. You're not coming <laughs> off the field. And he played well. Of course there's yes. things he can play, you know, clean up. He has not played since the end of 2022. Um, but how lucky for the Steelers that he was willing to come back. He knows Terrell Austin. He knows this defense. He knows the players. Um, and hopefully, you know, maybe that time off helps his body heal or just feel better. And it's kind of like, you know, where you don't run so much in the beginning and then, you know, it helps you out a little bit. I don't know. I'm just, I'm excited for him and happy for him. And hopefully what he did against the Bengals can carry over and help this defense go against this offense, uh, in Seattle. Another interesting aspect to this game is the, um, the the former Steelers that are on the Seattle Seahawks. Mm-hmm. You know, I was watching. Artie Burns looked pretty good. Artie Burns was playing in some dime packages and everything else. Uh, and Devin Bush, he he played last week in Titanland, you know, versus the Titans. And I I got to tell you, he he looked like he you know was doing pretty well. So it it kind of adds another. Uh, you know, a little flavor here to another minor storyline of, you know, ex-Steelers, expats being out there in uh, Seattle. Oh, no doubt. And I think especially with Devin, he's not being shy about the fact he can't wait to go against the Steelers. I'm sure he feels <laughs> wronged in some sort of way um, about his time here, not getting the fifth-year option picked up, but it will be intriguing. Even Pete Carroll, you know, when he spoke to the media yesterday or the day before was just saying like, you just feed off of things like that when guys are that jacked up and excited to go against their former team. I would not be surprised. Like maybe they come out as the captains, you know, how some teams do that. They don't just stick with the four or three or whoever, um, however many they have nominated earlier in the season. But yeah, I think it'll, it'll be interesting. Even like Fryermuth was talking about, you know, like this is a guy I played with and now I'm going to be going against him on Sunday. Um, So I think for everybody, it's going to add a little, an extra spark, if you will, if if there is somehow not enough spark whenever you're fighting for your playoff life. Missy, last one I've got for you. You mentioned, you know, first time going to Lumen Field, Seattle, obviously. It's, hey, it's far away from Pittsburgh in general, and it's an opponent that we don't see very often. So I got to ask you, most, I mean, most looking forward to in Seattle on Saturday before we get to Sunday, is it the salmon? Is it the sushi? Is it the, <laughs> is it the Starbucks? Is it the Space Needle? Is it something else that starts with S? Is it the Pike Place, Margo? I know you, Missy. I know you're looking forward to doing something on Saturday. So what is it? What's at the top of the list? Well, it's not the Space Needle because I'm deathly afraid of heights. Um, I did hear there's a bar at the top, but that still is not enticing me because, I mean, you guys know some of the press boxes freaked me out going down to the front row. I don't like being that high. I don't like just looking down. It's not something I enjoy. Um, But definitely the Starbucks. I I love coffee. uh, So I just feel like you got to check that off the list. And I would say sushi for sure. I don't get to eat it often because my kids won't eat it. So this is like, a, <laughs> you know, like a mommy uh, field trip, have, if you will. Have you been to Seattle before, Missy? 
No, this is my, this, okay. I, that, I think this is why I'm so excited. Dreading the flight. Don't love flying. It's an extra long one. It is. But just to get to experience, I think that city, I've heard so many great things about it. And like I said, to be at Lumen Field and to just experience a game there. You know, I think we were so spoiled for so long going to Kansas City and playing in that building. And it is mm-hmm. loud. It, that it just kind of came, okay, we've been there a while. You know, this is one of those ones that I definitely wanted to uh, check the box on. Well, you can't leave Seattle without getting a salmon chucked over your head down at the market. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> after we all get settled into the hotel, we'll take a road trip. We'll walk down there. And we'll get some. We'll get some salmon tossed go, over our heads at the your market. Own salmon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Dan Quinlan promised he's going to be the tour guide, so I'm ready. I, is he a Seattle guy? I, he's just. Well, I, I think know. just because he's been there. Yeah. A few times. Okay. yeah all right. Well, he's probably the been most there more times experience. than he has. Missy, yeah. I, you, I could take Wes and you back to Buffalo, and we'd get lost in like 15 minutes. <laughs> 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 it doesn't matter how long I've been there or how many times I've been there. Okay. Thank you so much, Missy. We appreciate you. We'll see you tomorrow Thanks, morning. Missy. Remember, it's not the normal flight time, so be on time. Thank you. I appreciate that. I will be there bright and early, ready to go. Missy, he's just saying that because he needs to keep reminding I himself. Yeah. I got to remind uh-huh. myself. Yeah. <laughs> I'll text you in the morning, Wolf. Thank you, Missy. Appreciate <laughs> you so much. Go to airport. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, dear. All right, that's the great Missy Matthews, who we just love talking to on Fridays. It's great. She just brings something different to the show that nobody else. Yeah, can some drop class in around yeah, here. Yeah, we all get these, some class, all these jabronis yes. we have in the locker room. <laughs> including us all right these from these two jabronis we're gonna go to a break we'll be back with more jabroniisms after this this is in the locker room with wolf and starks on espn pittsburgh and steelers nation radio presented by your neighborhood ford store the f-150 is the official truck of the pittsburgh steelers and you're in the locker room with wolf starks and the ninjas of course our man max is uh was doing double duty probably leaving the alamo right about yeah now. yeah he was uh down in san antonio not san antonio all right, or, or as Touch would always say, he would San Antonio yeah, Holmes, San Antonio Holmes, and then he's San Antonio, Texas. No, 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 Touch. It was always it's San Antonio, Texas, and San Antonio Holmes. Okay, so we got that right. And San Antonio Chaluch, Holmes went to Ohio State. Yes. All right, not Texas. Chaluch used to drive me nuts for that. I go, you know what? He did used to say he, that all the oh, time. And he would look, and and San Antonio would give him the side eye. You know, and we're just like, hey, hey, Tone. Don't worry about it. We're the face of your future, buddy. Don't, you know, and this you, is the way it gets. You know what's great, too? I remember one of the training camps. It would have been 18 or 19, you know, different Steelers alumni and guests come to our SNR booth every day. You know, that's right. one of our favorite parts about camp, right? Is Right. Oh, yeah. You might get Heath Miller one day. You might sure. get Rocky Blyer one day. You know, you, you never know who's going to show up and sit down and, and do a segment with you. Well, I remember one time with San Antonio and- he did it again. He did, yeah. Just, San, Joining San us now here yeah. at St. Vincent College is San Antonio Holmes, Super Bowl MVP. How you doing, San Antonio? Yeah, he didn't say it just once. And you and I were both like. Yeah, oh, Chalooch, you rockhead, you. Oh, how I miss that dude. All right. So we're going to move along. You know what? We're going to throw up in the phone lines, 412-919-1316, if you'd like to join in on the conversation. And I was just talking to Matt. Uh, I'm sorry. 
Do we? I didn't even get to finish off. Max, of course, is traveling. Yeah, he called the Alamo Bowl okay, last yes. night. The Alamo Bowl last night, and Heading he home kept hitting right us now. with with pictures of his food, Ooh. his foraging down in San Antonio. Ooh. Oh, San Antonio, I think, is one of those low key, like beautiful American cities. Tex Mex oriented. Yeah, and it's it's just our pace too, Wolf, because it's not Dallas big, right? Right, right. you know, it's. It's more the smaller size, you know. It's it's big enough to have one professional sports team, but it's not this huge metropolis. And yeah, just the Riverwalk. I've never been, but the Alamo looks beautiful. The Riverwalk looks beautiful. The food, I'm sure, is just immaculate. I can't imagine. Next, what be, oh, next year when Max calls the Alamo Bowl, he's we got to go as his special guest. Oh, that would be nice. I would like to go to the Alamo uh, to walk what? in the footsteps bring, of Davy Crockett. I'll bring some equipment. We could do the show from down there. It's that fine. That would be cool. Jim Bowie. Yeah. Oh, the Bowie knife. I mean, the history. David Bowie. I mean, Jim Bowie. <laughs> David Bowie. David Bowie. He couldn't do no fighting was, in the Alamo. He was, he was under pressure, though. <laughs> oh, that was good. Hey, hey, there we go. Knuckle up. That's, that gets me knuckles from one that was That was a good yeah, one. Yeah, All right. <laughs> the number's 412-919-1316. Let's go to the sword. Sarcastic sword. How you doing, buddy? Hey, good, Wolf and Wes. Uh, thanks for letting me in. Been out of the loop for a while. Wanted to wish a blessed uh, Christmas season and a healthy and happy New Year to you guys. Thank you. Thank you as well. You too. Hey, you know, a novel, a lousy written uh, mystery novel, by the middle of the book, you're closing it, and you know who did it. A good one takes you to the last chapter. And <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of dead ends and turns, and somehow we're still turning pages and not putting the book down and looking forward to the next chapter 17 here, not knowing what's coming, but this time of year to be still interested in the Steelers is, is a blessing that we get almost every year. So uh, congratulations to them on keeping us interested. Real quick on, uh, you know, watching, watching Mason, the first thing I noticed was when he calls a passing play in the huddle, he's going to throw the ball. Unlike, and I'm not criticizing Kenny or Mitch, they psychologically in the back of their head or subconsciously are, are, are looking for an escape after a few seconds. That's part of their nature. Not Mason. I give him credit. The pocket's going to collapse. He'll get sacked. He'll throw an, inter, you know, an interception, throw the ball away, or he'll complete a pass. But he goes up to the line, going to do what he called in the huddle. And that extra second or two, uh, you see what it could do, how, how a receiver can break given another half a second maybe. And he did a beautiful job uh, of leading that team and throwing the ball where it's supposed to go without any hesitation. That, that was a, a neat thing to see. Uh, you know, as far as the season, quickly, we got beat by three teams, 49ers, the Texans, and the Colts. They were the best team on the field that day. The others, with a ding and a dang, a bounce, we could have won many of those games and it's it's hard to swallow but i've swallowed it's gone down and i'm really looking forward uh, to what's coming up and in the meantime picking up teams that I, i'm starting to like honestly the bronze i'm really starting to like i hated Flacco in purple <laughs> i hate the guy in purple but i've got to give right. him credit watching him it's it's something to watch detroit there's some neat teams out there that have never been there, and it's keeping the whole game of the NFL very, very interesting heading down the road here. And it, 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 it's exciting to this time of year to be to be watching it and for guys like you to be on there uh, keeping it going for us. So I thank you for that, and I'm wishing you all 
a happy new year and hopefully we'll be talking some good things in the week or so to come absolutely sword i love how you put perspective and everything god bless you brother appreciate you so much you know he's right though wolf i was looking at this the other day you know it's we're in i think the third year now of the nfl since the wild card has been expanded third or fourth year since the since you know an extra team is seven teams in each conference instead of six weeks yep when you look at it's 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 produced the exact result that the NFL has wanted. Of the thirty-two teams yeah. in the NFL, like twenty-six are technically still alive for a playoff spot or something insane. Like only the Panthers, the Patriots, the Cardinals. There's there's only like five teams at this point still that have been mathematically eliminated from the postseason, and we're in week seventeen. This is exactly and and Sword hit it spot on there. This keeps everybody engaged. This keeps everybody interested. That extra playoff spot gets so many more fan bases still thinking like they have a chance. And that I think that does make it more fun. You know, I got a note somewhere, and I hide things on myself. I, I well, don't see, know I do the, I write it down, and then I can't read it because my handwriting was so no, sloppy see, a couple days I can read my later. handwriting because see my sister when I was a little kid. You do I flipped that, handwriting. You do the nice cursive. Well, Look I, at you. I do, yeah. Wolf yeah. Still, folks, Wolf my, still writes out all his notes in cursive, In cursive, baby. man. How Let did me you tell flunk? You. This is beautiful. This looks like my fifth grade teacher wrote Well, I, I flunked, and then my sister, who's who's bigger than me, uh, you know, back in the day. She bullied you, know, you into, she bullied into having better handwriting? Yeah. She would sit down and make me write. And I got I got better at it. You know, believe Isn't it or not. Isn't that amazing too? Like my girl, you know, I've got two daughters. They ain't gonna take cursive in school growing up. They don't no. do that anymore. And you know what? Yeah, I've been told by writing experts it is one of the best things to map the brain. Sure. It helps it's it's abs- so you know, make your kids learn to write in cursive because I think it, like, it increases helps you, it helps you learn multiple languages too, and right? Creative because, Yeah. Your creative abilities. Your, all your brain things. is learning that oh, there's more than one way to say or write something. Absolutely. And then what you do is make sure you, you you mark your notes correctly so that you're not looking for them like I am right now because I know I got something to fit in with what Wes just said, but I can't find it. So, therefore... That's why I'll fill some time here, all right? We're, we're, we'll move hey, on. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, welcome uh, to the locker room here. It's a beautiful day, isn't it? I mean, we're just having a uh, having a great old time here. We're waiting for uh, our trip to Seattle tomorrow morning. Forget it. Let's go to the phones. <laughs> well, you want to... Let's, you know, let's take a break here, and then, oh, and we then gotta, we'll... Oh, we got to take a break already? Yeah. Wow, I didn't, that first hour flew Time by. flies when you're Get having suits, fun. Man. All right, hang in there. We got a couple callers waiting. Don't don't forget the number is 412-919-1316. We'll be back after this. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.